In this AV Social episode, we're going to talk with the crew at Avixa about the first ever virtual Infocom, Infocom Connected 2020. Join us as Annette Sandler, Director of Content Development, Rochelle Richardson, Senior VP of Events and Expositions, and Barbara Bluskowski, Senior Director of Marketing. Join us to walk through what it takes to pull off an in-person event using a virtual platform with no time to plan it. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is AV Social, Episode 60, Infocom Masterminds. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Kramer, AV Beyond the Box. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the latest episode of AV Social. This month, we're doing something pretty exciting. As you all know, the world has changed and everybody's been sitting at home. And that means we couldn't all get on the airplanes or in our cars and go to the big Infocom show this year, as we always do. So today, for our AV Social, we are joined by the crew at Avixa, who put on the first ever virtual Infocom, Infocom Connected 2020, just a couple of weeks ago. And I know a lot of the sessions are still online for at least another month or so by the time you watch this. So um, let's talk about Infocom and what it takes to get a big, massive show like Infocom down to a virtual connected event in just a few weeks, it seems. Uh, as always, I am joined by my lovely co-host, the lovely Miss Kelly Perkins. Hi, Kelly. Hello, Don. And if you want to introduce the crew from Inf- uh, from Evixa, I'll get the name right, uh, that we're delighted to be joined by today. Okay, cool. Uh, we will start with um, Rochelle Richardson, Senior VP of Events and Expositions. Welcome. Thank you so much, Kelly and Don. It's a pleasure to join you too, as well as my colleagues, Barbara and Annette, um, for this uh, opportunity to speak about Infocom 2020 Connected. And speaking of Barbara and Annette, we have Barbara Blaskowski up in the top left corner. Hello, Barbara. Hey, guys. And then we have Annette, um, Annette Sandler below her. Hello, Annette. Hi, Don. Hi, Kelly. Thanks for coming on today's show. So, um, yeah, like Don said, we you guys had to, I don't know if compress, but somehow maneuver and transform the actual ginormous event of Infocom into a virtual event in a very short period of time. Um, And super excited to have you guys here to talk about how on earth you did that successfully, which I attended it and it was awesome and it was great. So, you know, just giving us a little a little maybe insight into how you did that. And um, yeah, just how you managed to pull that off. Maybe, Barbara, you want to start? Give us an overview of Infocom Connected and how you guys kind of came up with the format or? Sure. Um, and I'll probably, I'll probably throw to Rochelle since she knows all the strategy stuff. Um, but I think, you know, I want to start off by saying, you know, when we were forced to cancel the event, it was a super emotional time at Avixa. Like there were a lot of, there are a lot of genuine tears and, and people, 
you know, that we look forward to having the show every year and, and you work on it all year. And so when we had to cancel it because of COVID-19, we were devastated. Um, and uh, having a virtual event to work on really gave us something to look forward to and something to take the place of those days in June. Um, so we know we could still connect with people, even if it was only virtually. Um, and so we made the decision of, you know, how can we go on basically starting at the end of March to uh, pivot to a virtual event and get that going the week of the show. Um, so I'll let Rochelle talk about all the nitty gritty details, but I did want to give a little shout out to all of our people that always come to Infocom and know that we were thinking of all of you guys and it was just a really heartbreaking decision. And um, so we were glad that we were able to do something uh, before we can get together in 21. And I'll just pick up from there, Barbara. Thank you so much. It was a um, very difficult decision, um, but logical decision for us to just take those dates that were originally planned for the in-person experience um, and parlay it into a, a virtual experience. And there was no model, right? Um, because most shows are about putting them on in person. And so um, for us at Avixa for Infocom, it was the first opportunity to really pull this together all in less than 60 days. And I will just say, what an incredible industry that we have and incredibly loyal um, professionals um, in the professional AV space. And so we are so grateful to so many um, that supported us and took this journey with us to do something groundbreaking that we have never done before. Um, a big part of this was pulling together a core team internally quickly after we made the decision to cancel the physical event and say, what are the key components of what's most important that we need to pull together? And a big part of that, of course, is how do we highlight um, and, and provide a platform for manufacturers to showcase their products and technologies? Um, and then how do we deliver a very robust and highly curated content experience, um, as well as pulling together the capability for the exhibitors and the attendees to connect, um, and then create some sort of fun social aspect, right, of building and creating that sense of community. And I think we hit on all four pillars really well. Um, this team that you see here, Annette and Barbara, were vital, critical to that, as well as so many others um, worldwide in our organization. And then how do we parlay it to um, a global footprint, right? We were no longer restricted to just the U.S. audience, but um, we did that really well. And of course, the, um, the percentage and participation with 41% international showed just how well we were able to do that. That's very true. Um, and and I, I have to give kudos because I still can't get over the fact that you all pulled this together in 60 days and managed more than just, all right, we'll just have our vendors slap some, you know, manufacturer videos online and, and that'll be that, you know, done. Um, but what you pulled off was phenomenal. As you said, you, you managed to get social events in there. I know we had a trivia contest. There was a virtual 5K fundraiser still. Um, the, 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 uh, the tweet ups or meet ups that, that were held. And, and I personally, I, I know you said you were reaching out to a more international audience because it was virtual, but 
I really appreciated having the different time zones. And, uh, uh, you know, obviously not all the sessions were in my language or languages, but, um, you know, because we're working from home, because we're, you know, not able to be there in person and just drop everything dedicated to the Avixa experience, I sat in on a couple of sessions over in Australia or Europe that gave me an opportunity time-wise to work around my work schedule. So uh, that was phenomenal. And I'm very glad to hear that that effort paid off. Um, So, you know, a little bit about that. Well, you know, what what sort of drove that decision to open it up so widely? I mean, obviously there's no time and time zone on the internet, (laughs) but... Um, you know, is this a component perhaps that we'll see in future Infocoms, uh, like a hybrid, you know, live and, and virtual event that would allow more people, not just internationally to, to join in, but also folks that don't get the tap that you get to go to Infocom this year? So, so I'll, I'll say a couple of things here and then, you know, Annette has, um, was very instrumental on the content side. But to unpack a couple of things that you um, said there, it was so important for us to provide this global programming, um, starting from 6 a.m. in the morning to 10 p.m. 10 p.m. Uh, in the evenings, um, because there was such a broad audience that this uh, virtual Infocom Connected experience um, appealed to. And so um, having content program, programming for EMEA in the morning in different languages, um, the Americas and Latin America, of course, during what we would consider um, normal U.S. business hours, and then continuing into the evening for Asia Pacific, we had something for everyone. And then the ability for playback, right, that we took the live streaming and were able to convert it to on-demand um, and make those sessions um, and content available was extremely important. Now, with that, Annette will be able to take over from here to be able to talk about all of the wonderful things that went into the programming and preparation for the content that you are are speaking about. Thanks, Rochelle. So Dawn, to your point, we really started, when we looked at the schedule, we realized something. When we're all together in Las Vegas, everyone attending the show is in the same time zone. And that didn't exist. We lost that synchronicity among the attendees, and we knew we had to reach people where they were. On top of that, even in those first weeks of April, we were all feeling the Zoom fatigue, the webinar overload. We did not want to just replicate an in-person event online. We wanted to create uh, bits of content that felt reasonable for people to consume understanding that they needed substantial breaks in their day so they could do the things that you have to do when you're at home, like make lunch for your kids or take your dog on a walk or maybe even do some work. And that certainly happens during an in-person event as well. So that three, four hour chunked out time of content, we found that it aligned really well with the different global time zones without attempting to do 12 straight hours of content. And so that was the approach that we took. Kelly, you mentioned earlier, we were compressing the show in a sense, because there's no way, you you simply can't consume as much online as you do in person. Um, And so when we looked at a schedule that originally had over 300 sessions on it, how are we gonna cut that down to, to be something that people could really 
make sense of and, and attend valuable parts of the program. So we focused on two things. Why do people attend Invocom? And what information do they need to know right now? Our content program was planned in January of, I mean, we started planning in the fall of 2019. We were largely done with it by January 2020, and everything had changed. So we used those two filters to parse through the content that we had available. And then we reached out and worked with all the speakers that fit, that they had some component of this is going to be needed right now. And we talked with the speakers about how they might update their presentations and update their content to speak to the specific needs of what the industry was facing. The other thing was we knew we didn't have all the content pieces we needed already. We knew that we had to create some new things. And far and away, the number one reason people come to Infocom is to find new products and find new technologies. And that's where we came up with things like the new tech lightning rounds. Those actually proved to be one of the most popular sessions during the entire virtual trade show. And it's because that's what people expect of Infocom. They're looking for that show floor experience. And I, I feel really good. We were hopeful that the new tech lightning rounds would be, um, be that stand-in, that virtual format that would introduce people to something new. And it, it was really well received and really well attended. So. We, we added new things, we changed the things we had, we really looked at how do we build something in a virtual setting that is going to resonate with our industry in this moment. Um, we, we didn't just say, okay, we, we had a show and it just has to get smaller to fit online. There was a lot of pulling things apart and putting them back together in a new way that made sense. That's very true. And I, I appreciated the fact that, that you did contact all of your speakers. You updated some things because I know back in, when, when did I miss those deadlines? September or so. Y'all weren't asking for coronavirus and mm -hmm. post-pandemic sessions to be written and submitted. So, um, you know, the fact that, that that was taken into consideration was fantastic. I also, as someone that has presented at Infocom in the past, I found it interesting that the way you leverage the technology, it, perhaps I'm wrong, but having taken part in a few of the sessions, it seemed like you allowed the presenters to pre-record the main chunk of their presentation and then brought them back live and in person, sometimes wearing the same shirt, sometimes not, uh, <laughs> for the Q&A portion. And I thought that was fantastic because, you know, Everyone gets that performance anxiety of getting up in front of people and saying something stupid. And, you know, <laughs> if you were able to pre-record and, and present, then you get a, you know, second chance, fix it up in post kind of thing. Um, I, was that something you came up with? Something that came with the platform? I know it was done through um, the, the, the organization. That, Pro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, the, it's the platform we use. You're absolutely right, Dawn. And we, we did not want, uh, we weren't trying to pull the wool over anyone's eyes. That was really, as I said, we were having some webinar fatigue at the beginning of April. Um, myself and several of my colleagues were looking at anything we could find on virtual event best practices. Having never done this before, we didn't consider ourselves experts. We just had to get up to speed very quickly. One of the best practices is pre-recording sessions. For our show, we came up with about 50% pre-recorded content and 50% was done live. The reason it's a best practice is it helps to mitigate connection issues on the day of. You're less beholden on your speaker's internet connection 
The other thing that I found when we did that, as you said, there were some things that we got to fix in post. There were some things, one or two times we went back to a speaker and said, can you re-record this because of some interference or noise? We couldn't fix everything. Unfortunately, even um, for some speakers that did pre-record, we had quality issues that were due to the internet connection in their home. And even if we re-record, they're still on the same internet connection. There, there's not much we could do with everyone being in that home space. We found, we, we asked the speakers to join the chat, to join in with the attendees while the pre-recording was playing back. And that gave them that additional point of engagement and interaction. And then we did as much as we could incorporate that live Q&A. So it was, it was one of those things where I, 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 I don't know if we could have planned it if we tried, but it worked out really well to have about half the sessions be pre-recorded and to have that security to know like we've got something. If everything goes down, something's gonna play. If the speakers, you know, if they have an internet outage in their entire neighborhood, we've got other speakers that'll be on. We, get, you know, we, we know that we have something to deliver and we didn't go into the week of the show doing 100% of the content live. At the same time, we had those live sessions that were um, more directly engaging with the audience where the Avixa hosts could pop on and say, we have a really cool question and emulate more of that panel discussion that you would see in a live room where somebody puts their hand up and they ask something that the speakers get to respond to. So I think the mix of formats, uh, we, we really wanted to try a lot of different things because we knew there was no one thing that was always going to work. And so we deliberately tried to put a lot of different formats and approaches to engagement out there so that something would resonate with everyone who attended. That's great. I, I, I personally appreciated it. Hopefully a lot of your other attendees and viewers appreciated it. Um, so one of the things that, that Annette mentioned there a, a while back, actually, um, you know, you said about trying to compress the normal show experience for online. But in some ways, I think you're almost expanding the experience as well. Because normally with Infocom, if you miss it, you've missed it. Mm -hmm. it, it it's done and gone. History, you didn't get a chance to get on the plane, or you, you, you didn't feel well, you missed that session, you missed that meeting, you missed that demo. Um, this, Infocom Connected is technically still going on. It's it's available online until I think August twenty first. That's right. It is. Um, yeah. So so if you haven't seen Infocom Connected, you you might not get the RUs if you're short on RUs. But you can go back. You can watch those sessions. You can see those booth tours. Um, which again, someone that's always busy, always stressed for time, doesn't always get tapped to say you're going this year. That's invaluable. Um, Barbara, I know you are like the queen of the trade show usually. Um, <laughs> is, is this the kind of component that you guys think you might include in future years you uh, know, or, or some aspect of it? It's definitely something that, that attendees have been asking for. Um, and I think when we, when we launched Connected, we were very uh, – we really thought a, a lot about what is the Infocom brand. You know, when you think of Infocom, what do you think of? I think, you know, you think of a big trade show floor, you think about, you know, people going to sessions and you think about people networking. So that was definitely one of the things that we wanted to emulate. But I think what's come out of this is there's some things that now we're taking from the virtual event 
to put into the physical event. So stuff like, you know, can we live stream sessions or can we capture sessions and have them later to have some live interaction? Um, there's even, even things that uh, we did on the social media side where we had this dedicated social media squad that did a ton of coverage and we've never been that coordinated on uh, on site because I'm working in the in the store or someone's over here in the Avix booth and to be able to have a whole team of people who are watching the content who know what's happening and being able to keep people abreast of things online there were some really cool things that came out of the virtual event that I think we're going to carry forward um, and it's just a matter of you know what's what's the differentiator between a virtual experience and what you're going to see, you know, in person. I don't think there's anything in the universe, even if you had, you know, VR or AR, that is going to be able to replicate the experience of going on to a trade show floor. Like, you're never going to get that, that physical sense of a giant LED wall, you know, on your, on your computer. Like, that's just not it's just not feasible. And I think that's why something like this is never going to replace in-person events because, you know, the products in our industry, some of them are huge or they, you know, you're not going to be able to replicate the sound of a speaker through your, you know, crappy little speakers on your laptop. You know, it's, you, you know, you can't have a virtual audio demo room and then re rely on someone else's audio equipment. So I think there's, you know, there's some things that, that can never be replicated online, but what are the things that we learned that we can then transition um, into our physical event, which I think will make the physical event even better than it's been before. So, yeah. Absolutely right. You can't stuff. hug your AV friends on the internet. <laughs> I know. Well, are we going to be able to hug each other even when we get together again? We're going to have to do that weird, what's the thing that people are doing? The, the elbow, elbow bump. <laughs> yeah, the elbow bump. The elbow bump. Or the which shoe is high. also not recommended now. Oh, <laughs> no. I think I saw something that was like kind of like a shoe high five, which I would so be into. <laughs> So I think that right. I think we might Wakanda forever, right? <laughs> totally. Something, something. We have to come up with something to do. Don, you know, you asked something interestingly in one of your other questions too, is the likelihood of digital um, and hybrid moving forward. And um, interestingly enough, it's something that Avixa had been looking at um, for a long time. But of course, in light of uh, this COVID-19 pandemic, that we are having to accelerate um, what that looks like, right? What that model looks like and embrace it. And so a big part of the Infocom Connected um, experience allowed us to see and uh, our capabilities and what we are able to do. And so while it was a very compressed schedule for us in less than 60 days to, de to deliver this, it also challenged our team to see what is possible. And um, because of that, as, as Barbara and Annette have spoken about, I mean, there were some great findings of this um, and some great things that we will be incorporating as a part of the physical and in hopes and expectation that we will return to the physical environment and trade show experience in 2021. But how do we combine a hybrid um, as a part of that and define what hybrid means um, and um, what that means successfully? So we are looking into all of those things. Um, so stay tuned because that will be a part of Infocom 2021. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. Uh, well, another point that Annette said during her, her, her part of the conversation here was looking for best practices on this. You know, if we've learned anything in the past six months, there's a whole lot of things that 
best practices don't exist for the whole education space is panicking, you know, house of worship space is panicking. What's the best practice for doing this? Um, you know, you're forging the best practices really. Um, so it's a lot of trial and error, uh, you know, and to be honest, I don't know that a lot of people expected a lot out of this first Infocom connected. I think you guys really, in, in my opinion, sort of over-delivered what I was expecting. Uh, I was quite impressed with it. But, you, you know, what, 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 did, what were some of the big surprises during the show? Good, bad, the challenges that really you weren't expecting and, and there was just sort of no guidance like, oh, God, now what? Anybody, jump on in there. <laughs> oh, Rochelle. Um, Rochelle has a couple. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, so just a couple of things, right? Um, I do think that there's a tremendous lift um, required of our resources internally um, and what's required from a digital compared to the physical. I also think there's a learning curve um, around the digital, right? Because we have experts and we have professionals within the Avixa organization um, that have focused so much of our time around the physical event that um, taking that skill set and now adding some enhanced training around what's required from a digital, extremely different, um, and um, will be a part of our, our go forward model. Um, I also just think that from a standpoint of um, what was learned is um, the sheer volume of the community coming to a digital footprint. Um, and we were very impressed um, by that. Um, the fact of all of the different programming uh, capabilities um, and simul simultaneous broadcasting the two different sessions and any of the time slots, um, all of that was extremely impressive um, as a part in learning. You know, there's some things that I, I will say learning for next time. Um, we need more time, um, 60 days, you know, we, we were able to do, I can't imagine if we would have just had 30 more days um, of, of what we would have been able to pull together. Um, the other big part of this is the matchmaking side, right? The connections, um, um, meetups, um, the chat, the amount of back and forth chatter in the chat feature um, was very pleasantly um, surprising. Um, and you had that sense of community and sense of what you would experience if you had been in person. Um, and a big part of where I think that we will be able to build that out um, for the next time and en enhance um, that um, into the future. Yeah, the community part was really fun. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, the f so Annette had this wacky idea about having a trivia night. And I think it was like, we had talked about it, but we didn't really do anything. You know, and, and when you have a physical event, if you decided you wanted to do a trivia night, you've got to plan that months in advance. You have to get a venue, you have to get people registered, you've got to get the, and so we thought, okay, well, can we still pull this off? And we did, Annette had a vendor, we set up an Eventbrite, we, you know, got people to register. And it's, it's kind of a cool thing to see how nimble you can be online and launch. so fun. <laughs> It, it I was mean, so fun. I there it. are some people that it. are kind of competitive that we know. I'm still kind of bummed that it wasn't like Harry Potter trivia night, but you know, maybe that right? maybe that's Next happening time. in 2021. Mm -hmm. But you know, but what could we do? Like have maybe it's like not esports, but like e trivia, where we could have people internationally participating online while we have like a live trivia event. Like that yeah. would be cool. But I mean, 
as far as like what your financial exposure is online and trying something like that versus having one in person, um, it's great to be able to kind of prototype and just try things and see how it goes. And I think that is one of the big surprises because you really don't know. I mean, it could be fantastic or it could be a flop. And it was, you know, when we first when we first introduced it, I thought, oh gosh, is anybody, we're having a party, is anybody going to come? And then it, it just took off. And, you know, those teams got together and then it, you know, there was a little bit of trash talking online with some teams, but it was, I mean, it was awesome just to see people. I mean, the same thing with the AV happy hour. Um, I you know I got like a little bit teary because I'm like, oh my gosh, here are the people I haven't seen these faces in so long. And so it's just nice to be able, even if it is only online to, to see all the people that you, that you know. So, I mean, it was super awesome. That was a very cool part on, on the content side. I was in the green room with a lot of speakers and, and I don't always see, I see a small percentage of the speakers at the in-person show. When you're in the convention center, there's, there's a education room. It's preset with the AV. The speaker comes in, presents off their own laptop. They take their laptop away. The next speaker comes in and does it all over again. And it, it's much more um, self-run and you don't, it's not as high touch in an online environment. We had to know everything that was going to happen before it happened. So we could tell the tech team what the cues were, what they should be expecting. It doesn't all go according to plan. Sometimes your speaker shows up and they have a new slide deck, same thing as you would have in an in-person event. But we had to script so much more of this than you do for the in-person program. And then the reward of that was I just got to see a lot more people. I, for me, anyway, I feel like I'm normally in one or two conferences. Um, and you spend the rest of the time running around, putting out fires. And this time, we were all just sitting at our computers, and, and the speakers were coming through. And it, it was fantastic. And I will give you kudos on this. If it was you, Annette. God bless you. There was a whole lot less of next slide, please, than I expected. So well done. That's, yeah, that the, was the, the scripting. Yep. And the formatting was so nice to you to have some of the shorter, the shorter sessions and, you know, be able to just pop in in between normal days of work stuff too, to, to fit all of that stuff in. So that was cool too. That was definitely one of those online best practices. I think I've heard that for every hour of in-person content, that equates to 20 minutes of online content in terms of a person's attention span. And, and that was a big ask for all the speakers that we went to who had originally been scheduled to present at Infocom. Almost no one kept the original session time that they had. We all asked them to cut it pretty much in half. And our speakers are amazing, and they stepped up and changed their presentations and change what they were going to say to fit with the new format because we knew that we, we couldn't just take what would have happened in person and put it on an online platform. We had to make adjustments for the experience that people were actually going to have and engage with. Awesome. That's great. It, 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 I quite enjoyed it. I think you guys did a fantastic job. Again, for those of you watching and listening, 60 days. Yeah, now, bearing in mind, I've known Barbara a long time. I know normally vendors aren't done tearing down their booths on the show floor and the next year's Infocom team is having their first meetings, they're doing signups, they're starting the planning process. I mean, this is something that normally takes a full 365. 
60 days. You guys are heroes. Holy cow. <laughs> and, and, and doing it with style too, those shoes, Barbara. Um, well, I do, I do have something to live up to after all, you know, there's that. But I, I will say, Don, that I think we've become a much tighter team and we're a pretty tight team to begin with. But when you're spending, you know, 12 hours sometimes a day with people that you work with or, you know, it's 10 o'clock at night and you guys are, you know, trying to desperately get stuff done, like we are like big time, like big love for, for our expo team now. I mean, I think that we, we have a bond that, you know, can't be broken after you kind of go through the wars together. I think you really, you really appreciate your coworkers a lot more. So right. it's kind of awesome. It's awesome. So one, one final question, and I'm going off script here, so bear with oh, me, ladies. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> one of the things we talked about, uh, you know, honestly, Kelly, I can't remember if it was in our last month's show or whether it was on the AV week that I was on a couple of days ago. We were talking about the fact that live events are now the thing, and it seems like every five minutes a new group or a new manufacturer or a new somebody is deciding they're going to have their own little expo. Uh, I know we talked about this on the AV week, the whole, you know, experience center versus going to the show thing in person. Now we've got, you know, little mini, we always had some mini infocoms after the show where regional manufacturers would show their, their products or distributors. You know, now we're seeing a lot of people doing their own little live events. Um, you know, is there, is there, tell, tell us in your opinion, what, what the big draw is like, why do we keep coming to Avixa? Aside from you guys are absolutely awesome. Uh, you know, this is, this is a big, um, a big event in person and virtual. It's, it's massive. So, you know, in just a few words, give us your best sales pitch, you know, what brings us to Avixa time and time again? I think we can sum it up and that uh, VIXA remains to be the catalyst for market growth, and we are the hub for the AV community, um, is the best way to be able to say it. Um, and we do deliver upon the promise and the commitments that we make uh, to the industry um, to create the sense of community, pulling people together. Yep. Barbara, Great. Annette, Kelly, <laughs> anything to add? Annette, you go ahead. <laughs> Thanks, Barbara. So, I, I will say, for me, there was there was a little bit of magic in the air that week in June. I really believe that this Infocom Connected was a unique event because of the circumstances we're all experiencing, and and Infocom has the history. It has it's that connection point that people look forward to every year, and there are certainly smaller connection points and those are incredibly valuable. They bring a different value than a big trade show where we bring all the manufacturers that are really huge in this industry together. There's a different level of value there. It's where you can see everyone. And sometimes you want to see all your friends and sometimes you want to, you want um, a more, you have a more dedicated approach. You're looking at specifically one technology and smaller programs are great for that. So I, I think that um, it, it's just all part of the cycle. You have to keep within this industry, you have to stay up to date month after month. Things are changing so quickly. And we really saw that in putting together the Infocom Connected program. And we really showed that we were able to pivot with the industry and update the, the content and the information that we were bringing 
to people because they, they need to know this stuff. And, and I was, I, there was so much energy from the attendees. It kept me going. Those 12 plus hours a day I was on the computer because people were just so excited to hear from us. So I, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing everyone in person next year in Orlando. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it's never our intention to replace, you know, dealer and distributor events or manufacturer events that they have, you know, around the country, around the globe. I think that, you know, being that one connection point for everybody is really, you know, our unique value proposition that we can actually draw, you know, this level of attendance, this level of exhibitors, you know, that people are waiting for Infocom to launch their products. I mean, that's that's kind of where, you know, where we are in the industry. But, you know, obviously it's like Annette said, like you can't just wait once a year um, to do some of these things. But I think that is the big draw that it's, you know, the one time a year where you get to see all these people network, you, know, you could probably get more RUs than you could possibly count um, and, and see all these amazing products. So I think that's really, you know, what we bring to the table and, you know, I think people love to get together. I think people just love to see each other. And I, you know, I really feel like 2021 is going to be such a banner year because people are just going to be so excited to, to get out of the house and see people in real life. So we're so looking forward to that. Amen, sister. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I've, I've always been a big fan of, of Ivixa, Infocom, NSCA, whatever your hat you're wearing these days. And I've always been a big fan of the event because of just that reason, the, the single touch point, being able to see everybody at once, being able to compare products just by walking a couple of, well, more than a couple of steps, but walking to the next booth or the next hall, um, you know, and, and even in the virtual event, being able to get that broader overview. Um, and the agnostic education, because unless you go to a specific manufacturer session and you go to Avixa or Infocom or um, ISE or any of those big shows that you all put on, you are getting a broad-based technology education versus what could be a broad-based technology education. Some manufacturers are good at that. Or it could be a, here's how our product XYZ works to fix problem ABC, mm -hmm. which has its value it has its point but man getting that overview is just vital so thank you all for putting that on um it looks like we are running out of time here i guess just one last go round if you could do something differently next time here's hope in 2021 we will be live and in person in orlando because i will be crazy if i'm still in this house but <laughs> If it's not, or if we decide to make a hybrid event with, you know, the connected aspect to the live show, uh, what do you think you might do a little differently or what advice would you give yourselves? Invest in White Claw. <laughs> no <laughs> kidding. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's funny because I think you're kind of deciding on the fly what to do. I mean, looking back, yeah, I guess if we had more time, that would really be the big thing. But I, I kind of feel like we killed it. You know, we knocked it out of the park. And so I don't really know what I would, what I would do differently. I think, um, yeah, it would just really be, is there any way to get started earlier? Which there wasn't. But I think that would be my, my big thing is I could always use more time to, to do stuff. I agree. We learned so much from this experience. 
next time it will be so much easier because we know things now that we did not know before. And I, I agree with Barbara. It, it, the decisions we made were the right ones in the moment that we, we working with the information we had available. We, I feel like we really delivered on that. This is the best we can, this is the highest we could reach. That being said, if I could do it again, I would do another trivia night. Oh my gosh. I was going to say that too. Definitely more trivia. Yeah. And, and I, I, I agree with you, um, Barbara and you and that, um, time could have certainly worked uh, to the benefit of all of us um, and everyone involved. Um, but I will say this, there's something about leading the way and not following. And Avixa with the Infocom 2020 Connected, he stepped out and ventured in to do something new that most show organizers and associations for profit organizations have not done in this big colossal way that we did. And we stepped out to do something new and I think we nailed it. I think our team, our organization, our global teams did a phenomenal job, but most importantly, we could not have done it without the commitment of the AV industry. And so we're incredibly thankful to the thousands of people that participated and joined us June 16th through the 18th. We're incredibly thankful for the thousands that continue to log in on a daily basis, the hundreds of new registrants that have come in through the platform as well. So I think, you know, we checked the box on a lot of great things. Next time, I would say time um, would, would be uh, with all of us unanimously agree to give everyone more time and create more opportunities of the community to be able to come together in fun ways like the trivia night and happy hours and different things along those lines. And with that in mind too, thank you to the both of you, Dawn and Kelly, for creating a platform like this for us to be able to share how grateful and appreciative that we are and to share the experiences that we went through that we learned both positive positives and areas of opportunity for growth for next time. So thank you again. Oh, thank you Absolutely. so much for being here. Uh, I, I was about to say this is a fantastic ending point, but you know, Rochelle, you just did our wrap up for us. <laughs> <laughs> you just saved me five minutes of talking. <laughs> uh, we, we were delighted to have you guys. I mean, this is like the, the heart of the AV show crew for Avixa, um, the, the, you know, the Infocom masterminds, as it were. And thank you all for taking time out of your day to come and talk with us about this innovative new thing that, you know, I always say we're making it up as we go along. You know, you guys had to, <laughs> and you did it so well. Um, appreciate you taking the time to talk with us. And one of the things we do here on AV Nation as a tradition is at the end of every show, we go around and ask our guests where people can find you, your organization, uh, Twitter handles, LinkedIn's, whatever you want to press or publicize, feel free. And since you wrapped it up so well, we'll start with Rochelle. Where can folks oh. find you after the, uh, after the show here? Uh, can find me at uh, Infocom. Um, our, the email address is Rochelle R. Richardson at avixa.org and or on LinkedIn. Okay. Thank you so much. Uh, Annette, where can folks find you outside of this podcast? Yeah, you guys can find me on Twitter at Annette in DC. I'll be adding Infocom Mastermind to my Twitter profile. So thank you, Don. I think that's great. We are glad to have you and uh, always good to 
boost those uh, Twitter profiles, you know, keep, keep the AV, AV tweets a tweeting, you know. Totally. <laughs> uh, Barbara, where can folks find you besides the shoe uh, store? Uh, well, yes, a, a lot of online shoe stores these days. Um, it's BarbXG on Twitter. Wonderful. Thank you guys so much for coming. My lovely and quiet today co-host, Kelly, where can folks find you when uh, they're looking to chat outside of the show? Uh, Kelly P. Perkins on LinkedIn, as well as Twitter. Wonderful. And of course, I'm Dawn Mead. You might know me on Twitter and a lot of the socials as AV Dawn. I'm also on LinkedIn and the other socials that I'm not AV Dawn as Dawn Mead. And I can't tell you where I work or how to get in touch with me at work because that's a big secret. But you can always find me here on avnation.tv, hosting AV Social with the lovely Kelly Perkins, and occasionally cropping up to cause trouble on the AV Week show. Um, while you're on avnation.tv, don't forget to stop by our Sponsors and Underwriters page to see all the wonderful folks whose contributions help keep us on the air and bringing such wonderful discussions to you. Thank you so much for your attention. We hope you enjoyed Infocom Connected 2020, and we hope you enjoyed this episode of AV Social. 